this the 21st Sunday after Pentecost. We do welcome all of you to worship today, including those who are here in the church building with us, as well as those who are online watching our live stream. For those who are online, we do invite you to visit chapelofthecross.org where you can download the bulletin and you can also give your offering to the Lord. Our radio broadcast today is sponsored by Nancy Swoboda and that broadcast is um, offered on KFUO each week. A few other announcements before we begin worship this morning. Uh, Please put on your calendar, Friday, October 29th at 9 a.m., we'll be holding a fall property cleanup day. So if you can help with beautifying our church grounds, that would be wonderful. Sign up at the Welcome Center so that we know how many snacks to prepare for our breaks. And if you have any questions about that, contact Bill Rusnick. Again, that's a property cleanup day on Friday, October 29th at 9 a.m. The Bach Society of St. Louis concert here at Chapel of the Cross is coming up this next Saturday, October 23rd at 3 p.m. Please register for the concert at the website printed in the Chapel Weekly. There's also a link to that registration on our website. If you need some help with that, don't hesitate to stop by the church office um, or give the office a call and they'd be happy to help you. As a reminder, because of the Box Society regulations, you will need to show proof of COVID-19 vaccination, or you'll need to show a negative COVID test within 48 hours of the concert. Next Sunday and next weekend, um, October 24th, on Sunday, we're planning to hold our services outdoors, weather permitting. So for the 8.30 and the 11 o'clock service next Sunday, we will be outside. Our Saturday evening service will still be here in the sanctuary. So next Sunday, you can bring a lawn chair or you can use any of the chairs that we will provide as well. That's again next Sunday for both Sunday morning services. And finally, Christian Embassy Church at uh, 13775 Old Jamestown Road has invited our congregation to their annual bonfire this Friday, October 22nd, from 6 to 10 p.m. So this is a free event with food and games. Again, that's Christian Embassy Church on Old Jamestown Road, this Friday, October 22nd, from 6 to 10. God's blessings on your worship today. We begin with our opening hymn, Today Your Mercy Calls Us. You're invited to stand.
name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. If we say we have no sin, we deceive ourselves, and the truth is not in us. But if we confess our sins, God, who is faithful and just, will forgive our sins and cleanse us from all unrighteousness. Let us confess our sins to God, our Father. Most merciful God, we confess that we are by nature sinful and unclean. We have sinned against you in thought, word, and deed, and by what we have left undone. We have not loved you with our whole heart. We have not loved our neighbors as ourselves. We justly deserve your present and eternal punishment. For the sake of your Son, Jesus Christ, have mercy on us. Forgive us, renew us, and lead us, so that we may delight in your will and walk in your ways to the glory of your holy name. Amen. Almighty God, in his mercy, has given his Son to die and to rise for each and every one of you. And for his sake, God forgives you all of your sins. As a called and ordained servant of Christ and by his authority, I therefore forgive you all of your sins in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. Give us the sense of priority that values all things properly, 
and treasures nothing above Jesus Christ, our Lord, who lives and rules with you and the Holy Spirit, one God, now and forever. Good morning. The Old Testament reading comes from Ecclesiastes chapter 5, verse 10 through 20. Whoever loves money never has money enough. Whoever loves wealth is never satisfied with his income. This too is meaningless. As goods increase, so do those who consume them. And what benefit are they to the owner except to feast his eyes on them? The sleep of a laborer is sweet. Whether he eats little or much, but the abundance of a rich man permits him no sleep. I have seen a grievous evil under the sun, wealth hoarded to the harm of its owner, or wealth lost through some misfortune, so that when he has a son, there is nothing left for him. Naked a man comes from his mother's womb, and as he comes, so he departs. He takes nothing from his labor that he can carry in his hand. This, too, is a grievous evil. As a man comes, so he departs. And what does he gain, since he toils for the wind? All his days he eats in darkness, with great frustration, affliction, and anger. Then I realized that it is good and proper for a man to eat and drink, and to find satisfaction in his toilsome labor under the sun, during the few days of life God has given him, for this is his lot. Moreover, when God gives any man wealth and possessions and enables him to enjoy them, to accept his lot and be happy in his work, this is a gift of God. He seldom reflects on the days of his life because God keeps him occupied with gladness of heart. This is the word of the Lord. We read these verses of Psalm 119 responsively. How can a young man keep his way pure? By living according to your word. I seek you with all my heart. Do not let me stray from your commandments. I have hidden your word in my heart that I might not sin against you. Praise be to you, O Lord. Teach me your decrees. With my lips I recount all the laws that come from your mouth. I meditate on your precepts and consider your ways. I delight in your decrees. I will not neglect your word. The epistle reading comes from Hebrews chapter 4, verses 1 through 13. Therefore, since the promise of entering his rest still stands, let us be careful that none of you be found to have fallen short of it. For we also have had the gospel preached to us, just as they did. But the message they heard was of no value to them, because those who heard did not combine it with faith. Now we who have believed enter that rest, just as God has said. So I declared on oath in my anger, they shall never enter my rest. And yet his work has been finished since the creation of the world. 
For somewhere he has spoken about the seventh day in these words. And on the seventh day, God rested from all his work. And again, in the passage above, he says, they shall never enter my rest. It still remains that some will enter that rest, and those who formerly had the gospel preached to them did not go in because of their disobedience. Therefore, God again set a certain day, calling it today, when a long time later he spoke through David, as was said before. Today, if you hear his voice, do not harden your hearts. For if Joshua had given them rest, God would not have spoken later about another day. There remains then a Sabbath rest for the people of God. For anyone who enters God's rest also rests from his own work, just as God did from his. Let us therefore make every effort to enter, this, enter that rest, so that no one will fall by following their example of disobedience. For the word of God, living and active, sharper than any double-edged sword, it penetrates even to dividing soul and spirit, joints and marrow. It judges the thoughts and attitudes of the heart. Nothing in all creation is hidden from God's sight. Everything is uncovered and laid bare before the eyes of him to whom we must give an account. This is the word of the Lord.
eyes and body and spirit for the reading of the Holy Gospel according to St. Mark, the 10th chapter. Glory to you, O Lord. Jesus looked around and said to his disciples, How hard it is for the rich to enter the kingdom of God. The disciples were amazed at his words. But Jesus said again, Children, how hard it is to enter the kingdom of God. It is easier for a camel to go through the eye of a needle than for a rich man to enter the kingdom of God. The disciples were even more amazed, and each said to each other, Who then can be saved? Jesus looked at them and said, With man, this is impossible, but not with God. All things are possible with God. Peter said to him, We have left everything to follow you. I tell you the truth, Jesus replied, No one who has left home or brothers or sisters or mother or father or children or fields for me and the gospel will fail to receive a hundred times as much in this present age, homes, brothers, sisters, mothers, children, and fields, and with them, persecutions, and in the age to come, eternal life. But many who are first will be last, and the last first. This is the gospel of the Lord. Praise to you, O Christ.
sophisticated and modern people of the 21st century, we can sometimes be a little hard on our Old Testament forebearers. I know I'm guilty of this because I think I've asked everybody that teaches in this church this question. How can Israel worship an idol with God, with God so near on Mount Sinai? Well, an article I recently read gave me an answer to this question. And it is arrogant of us to laugh off the idea of stone, wooden deities, and shake our heads at fish, dragons, golden cows, elephants, just about anything our ancestors could conceive and carve, they worshiped. And that's right, that's all of our ancestors in that category. Because today, we are no less susceptible, despite our assertions that we are modern, rational, 21st century believers, but there's a problem. 21st century man remains a remarkably idolatrous creature. And just like the young rich man in last week's gospel reading, the young man didn't understand what Christ was telling him. But we should know that we need Jesus. We need Jesus crucified. But we often don't understand just how much we need him. We need our Savior the way a newborn needs their parents, dependent upon others for help. In the case of the young man from last week's gospel, we see a person that really, truly desires eternal life and the kingdom of God. But he finds out that there's something blinding him, blocking his love from God. And that's his status, his wealth. They've made him nearly invincible in society, and therefore he doesn't feel needy. He doesn't need any help. He approached Jesus on the merits of his own righteousness, the fact that he had kept the second table of the commandments. We all are familiar with the second table of the commandments, commandments four through 10. Those are the commandments that tell us how we should treat our neighbors. But there's a problem. While the second table does represent our relationship with our neighbors, it also represents the fruits of faith. The actions we take in the second table do not reach up to God. God reaches down to us, and in return for his love, we reach out horizontally to others, our brothers and sisters and our neighbors. Jesus loved the young man so much that he willingly told him what he was missing that would get him eternal life. He told him to release all of his possessions. And at hearing this, the young man was so sad that he walked away. But he found what he loved most. He found what most, meant most to his heart. His money, his possessions were literally an idol that separated him from the love of God. What you love most in life can blind you from the love of God. Christ isn't really talking to disciples about money per se. But he, what he is really talking about is the fact that we, on our own, cannot reach the kingdom of heaven. Only through the faith in the death and resurrection of Christ Jesus for our sins 
brings us into a true relationship with our Heavenly Father and Creator. In fact, God's covenant with Israel wasn't built upon anything that Israel really had to do except for one thing. The covenant told Israel that God would be their God and he would be their people. But the covenant was broken by Israel because they couldn't keep their end of the bargain. They couldn't keep up the end of, I will be your God. Now this seems simple. Why would anyone try and find anything better than God's promise? But we all know Israel's heart did not always turn away from God, just as our hearts do not always turn away from God today. So no, we don't bow down to golden calves, Abbas, but we have our own set of idols that can distract us from fearing, loving, and trusting in God above all things. We, just like Israel, just like the young man, can have things that blind us to fully loving our God with all our hearts, with all our minds, and with all our spirits. And unlike early Christians, we have far more sophisticated distractions to blind us from the love of God. I was actually going to, I actually researched how many things Americans idle, and the list turned out to be so long that we would be here for an hour. But what I did come up with is a small system to see if perhaps you've got an idol creeping into your house that you don't recognize or you don't know about. And it'll still separate you from the love of God. What do you value most with your time, your talents, and your treasures? Can we make the same boast as a young man and mark of keeping commandments 4 through 10? First John the Apostle tells this to us about what we should be doing for our neighbor. So we also ought to give up our lives for our brothers and sisters. Like the guy that gives his last piece of bread to a homeless man. But this work does not give us righteousness. But it is the fruits of faith. And we produce them because of God's grace and love for us. So this does not mean we cannot have fun. God most certainly wants us to have fun in his due place. For example, if you find yourself at Bush Stadium, first in line at the front gate, at 8.30 on Sunday morning, instead of being here at chapel in a pew, you just might have an idol in the making. This is what 1 John tells us about Christ's love. We know what real love is because Jesus gave up his life for us. And this wonderful news, Christ crucified, gives us redemption. And it is given in love for us as a free gift of the Holy Spirit. Christ's love is our most precious treasure. Are we, and more importantly, can we ever step back and question a position we have in life? to ask where the line between faith and popular opinion and what the Bible says and where they clash and which side do you take? Even if this means sometimes we have to give up a popular political stance that we've had ever since we could start voting. Because sometimes, sometimes we have to make a choice and we have to choose 
between God or an earthly opinion. Well, what do earthly opinions give us anyway? I can't think of one promise that any man has ever made that he has kept fulfilled completely. And more importantly, even if he had. If we have that position, that will still not find us the kingdom of God. But I do know some things that our good shepherd can do that no man can guarantee. The cooling waters of baptism, comfort in times of need, an eternal home, food for us in the form of God, Christ's body and blood at the altar. What we receive from our Savior is his word and sacrament that no man's opinion can equal because Christ's love an example for us, shows us how to live a life in Christ. Now, what about devotees, fans, followers? The one thing I can say about them all is devotees are proud to show the world who they love the most. A true devotee wears the emblems and messages of their devotion, and they express themselves in models on their clothing with flags, logos, and even bumper stickers. And they display our positions on sports, politics, groups, and more. Showing the world exactly what our hearts want most. We are bound by these beliefs and we more importantly, we are branded by their masters. Which master's brand do you recognize? I know this, Christ has branded us all in our baptism, and Christ claims us as his own. Now, money, cars, fame, they are not evil in and of themselves, but they can still blind us to Christ and other things that we're meant to see because we let these things interfere with our love of God. And it is God through his son, Christ Jesus crucified and resurrected that gives us the assurance that we need in this world. And he gives us these words. Come to me, all you who labor and are heavy laden, and I shall give you rest. This is his loving invitation to faith in the only person who can make us in the words of the psalmist and give us this claim. Create in me a clean heart, O God, and renew a right and steadfast spirit within me. Do not cast me from your presence, and do not take thy Holy Spirit from me. Restore to me the joy of thy salvation, and a willing spirit to sustain me. And these are not just words of hope, but these are prayers of assurance, of promise, because God never fails us. While it may be true, in fact it is true, we cannot get into the kingdom of heaven on our own. But you know what the good news is? We don't need to. Jesus took care of this problem for us with these three words. It is finished. These words of our Lord and Savior give us back what we have lost through sin, but gain through Christ, restoration to our Father and Creator. And he is our God, and we are his people. And for our sins, and with our sins forgiven, Christ gives us back another precious gift that we have lost. On Sunday, when Christ rose victorious over eternal death, Satan and hell, 
Christ did not just die for us, but the entire creation. And Christ does not ask us, his sheep, if we need forgiveness. Christ forgives us before we have sinned. He takes care of his flock's needs before we even know we have them. And he searches for us when we stray. And believe me, we do stray. It is Christ, the rock which salvation is built. He is greater than our distractions. He's greater than the distractions that have taken over without our even knowing it. Christ is greater because only through him are we forgiven of our straying and sins. When we confess our creeds, we, do the, we tell the entire world what we believe and who we trust the most. We are God's people, and he is our God. And despite our blindness of sin and the pursuit of other gods, he always forgives. We can't enter the kingdom of God on our own, and this is as true as the impossibility of a camel to get through the eye of any needle. We know that is impossible. So we know that Christ is telling his disciples, you can't do it by yourself, but he has a better answer. With man, this is in fact impossible, but not with God. All things are possible in God. And brothers and sisters, we sometimes forget just how childlike we actually are before our creator. God keeps his promises to us and the promise of a savior who will redeem us back to the father through the son's redeeming work. A plan of redemption that has been fulfilled in Christ, but not yet completed. We are now, but not yet. And as we wait for our savior's return, we should remain vigilant of the idols that will try and blind us and separate us from the love of God. And this, with faith in the one true God, his promise to us will always certainly be true. And I am sure he will leave with you always to the end of the very age. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit, in which we confess our true faith in the true church of God and the words of the Apostles' Creed. We rise for confession. I believe in God the Father Almighty, maker of heaven and earth, and in Jesus Christ, his only Son, our Lord, who was conceived by the Holy Ghost, born of the Virgin Mary, suffered under Pontius Pilate, was crucified, died, and buried. He descended into hell. The third day he rose again from the dead. He ascended into heaven and sits at the right hand of God the Father Almighty, from whence he shall come to judge the living and the dead. I believe in the Holy Spirit, the Holy Christian Church, the communion of saints, the forgiveness of sins, the resurrection of the body, and the life of the body. Please be seated as we collect our offerings for the Lord.
We rise in body and spirit to pray for the whole people of God in Christ Jesus and for all according to their needs. Almighty God, hear the prayers of your people. With great thanksgiving, we praise your holy name and ask your continued grace, mercy, and blessing on all people. Lord, in your mercy. For the people of this nation and our elected leaders, and for all the nations of the world, lead us in your truth. Enable those to whom you have given authority and power to bring justice and peace to all, punishing wickedness and giving success to those who work in their godly vocations. Lord, in your mercy, keep us from the love of money and possessions and from counting anything or anyone but you as worthy of our faith, love, and hope. Give us patience and grace in difficulties and confidence in the face of everything that speaks against your power and promises. Lord, in your mercy. Heavenly Father, give your blessing to all students and teachers. We especially remember the ministries of our partner Lutheran schools, Grace Chapel Lutheran School, Emmanuel Lutheran School, Salem Lutheran School, and Lutheran North Middle and High School. Continue to bless these schools as your gospel message is shared and young Christians are nurtured spiritually and academically. Lord, in your mercy. Lord God of hope, we turn to you when sickness, suffering, and death come near. Many are in need of your healing and the peace of your presence. Grant your comfort and your help to those who are in need, especially our loved ones, our family members, and members of our church family. Lord, in your mercy. Gracious God, we give thanks for all the blessings that you bestow on your people. We praise you with those who celebrate birthdays, anniversaries, or other special milestones. Today, we remember Camilla Cleveland as she has been given the opportunity to be president of the student council at Salem Lutheran School. Bless Camilla as she takes on this new leadership role. Lord, in your mercy. Into your hands, O Lord, we commend ourselves and all for whom we pray, trusting in your mercy through your Son, Jesus Christ, our Lord. Amen. Lord, remember us in your kingdom and teach us to pray. Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done, on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread, and forgive us our trespasses, as we forgive those who trespass against us. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom, and the power, and the glory forever. And now may the Lord bless you and keep you. May the Lord make his face shine upon you and be gracious unto you. May the Lord lift up his countenance upon you and give you his peace. Amen. We sing together our closing hymn.